0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today we're going to be going over our top 10 dynasty quarterbacks. I'm excited to start getting to some rankings videos. I feel like once we hit the rankings video season, starts to get a lot closer, get a lot more excited. I'm excited in particular to start with dynasty because uh, I don't know what it is. I just prefer dynasty leaks. I think it's kind of fun to, well, build my own dynasty. I love watching what the Patriots have done over the last 15 years and try to repeat that. Um, Although hopefully I won't be doing what they've done this last offseason and lost most of their talent. But anyways, that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go back and forth and just talk about which guys are the best options to keep over the next few years. And remember, this is a dynasty video, so we're not just looking at 2020. We'll be looking at probably the next three or four years um, and these guys' value projecting forward. So just keep that in mind. But without any further ado, guys, let's just get right into it. All right, guys. So at number one, we absolutely have to put Pat Mahomes here. Me and Rob, we agreed on this. For us, there was really no discussion about it. He has been the top fantasy quarterback. And really, in my mind, I personally think he's the top quarterback in the NFL just in general. The production has been there, and I don't think there's any arguing that. Yes, there might be some people who might put Lamar or whoever at number one, but we can all agree that he is a truly great quarterback and honestly looks like he's already on his way to finishing in the Hall of Fame but of course we'll we'll see how his continue goes on he's only been in the league for three years and that's what's so impressive about what he's done he's only been in the league for three years and he's been starting for two years but what's particularly phenomenal about that is in those two years starting he's already totaled over 10,000 yards and 80 touchdowns that's 76 passing touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns and that's one of the things I love about him um, I think I really like quarterbacks like Steve Young and Pat Mahomes guys who've got mobility they've got pocket presence they can run when they need to but they keep their eyes downfield and they throw the ball as often as they can there's always that it's fun to watch a Cam Newton or a Lamar Jackson but it always makes me nervous what hits going to take them out or whether or not their coaches are going to kind of work them away from moving that but Pat Mahomes he's got this great balance he's got great weapons Uh, Andy Reid has really put together an awesome cast around him with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and then they go out and draft Clyde Hilaire Edwards, who is uh, really getting some hype recently and I'm kind of starting to buy the hype that he was the right choice as the number one running back off the board in this year's draft and he's going to add a lot to help uh, kind of boost that backfield and their ability to work in the passing game and do some things so for me over the next few years I absolutely love him and just the weapons there it's hard to argue with that's why for me I put him at number one what's interesting though is that he's got this great year where he has 52 touchdown passes and he followed us up last year and everybody's wow Pat Mahomes is kind of disappointed kind of an off year. Everybody's kind of down on him. But he had 27 touchdown passes in just 13 full games. Can't really knock him for that. He was easily going to go over 30 touchdown passes. And so um, I guess he's one of those guys last year where people were down on him a little bit. But I think he just got kind of overhyped. I don't expect him to throw over 50 touchdowns every year. That's just stupid. It really is. Uh, But again, the fact of the matter, he's in a perfect situation. And there's really no concerns, right? We don't have anything to say, hey, this is a problem with him. So for me, looking over the next... Three years coming forward, I have to put him at number one. Um, And I think Rob agrees with me. But let me know if you guys have any reasons why maybe you wouldn't want to put him here. But for me, it's pretty uh, cut and clear that he's got to be the top guy. Yeah, uh, for me, this is a a no-brainer, honestly.
1: We actually did a video last year where we talked about Pat Mahomes' regression. Now, we went on to say he's going to have a good year. We predicted he would get about 30 touchdown passes, but there is a statistical ceiling that players hit, right? Like, this is not Xbox. You're not going to continue to put up those numbers all the time. So we did predict it, but this is a no-brainer. He's the number one guy, and I want to say this. We'll get to him when we talk about Lamar Jackson shortly, but please do not consider Lamar Jackson over Pat Mahomes. That would be a big mistake. Pat Mahomes is clearly the number one guy out there, but we'll get into that later, so... Um, but I was a little uh, a little envious because uh, to me that's uh, such a good easy guy to go with. Like nobody's gonna hate your pick of Pat Mahomes number one. Now what we did just for you guys out there who need to know was we uh, he ranked his top ten, I ranked my top ten, and we averaged it out to come with the list that we have today.
0: That was the thing. They were they were pretty similar across the board. Although I wasn't wasn't at all surprised to see Pat Mahomes number one. The interesting stat that I've been looking into a lot recently is uh, the percentage of times a player finishes at the, you know, as a starter in their position. So for quarterbacks, I was curious, Pat Mahomes, how frequently does he finish as a top 12 QB? Cause that's ultimately what matters. How often is he a starter for you when you draft him? That's what we want to address. Well, he led all quarterbacks over the last two years, 22 times he has finished in the top 12. That's 73% starting percentage in effect. of the time, essentially half of the time, he's a top five QB. So that is consistent dominance. And from a position where there's only three or four guys in the NFL who are averaging over 50%. So that is really uh, impressive to look at. But we'll talk about that a little bit more with some other players in this video. Rob, let's get to your first guy at number two. Yeah so i like this
1: guy for a lot of reasons
0: one i just like him as a
1: player he seems like a decent human being don't know him but i love russell wilson okay now we got him on our dynasty video but he's 31 years old and uh he's not as young as let's say uh, pat mahomes or lamar jackson uh, if he was a running back he would be considered old unless of course he's uh, frank Orr, right like unless i thought it frank was i did it frank Orr apparently he's gonna play one more year i think he's gonna be about 37 38 i don't know what he's gonna be there but uh, besides kickers, quarterbacks had the, uh, what I'd say the, uh, they age the best among football players. Their length of career is longer, uh, but not only that, but the quality of, uh, the amount of years that they play quality football is just a lot larger out there. And then when we look at age 31, we'll break it down here shortly. But he could easily still have um, his best years ahead of him. He could easily go out and play for another eight to ten years uh, without a problem. I don't think that's a stretch at all. And so, yeah, he is 31, but another eight to ten years um, definitely puts him as a guy you need to consider for dynasty quarterbacks out there. Consider this, Peyton Manning um, set the NFL record with 55 touchdown passes when he was 37 years old. Like, that's crazy. But it's not just him. Brett Favre had his best season statistically. Not even close, really, if you're being honest. Now, like, I always think about him, and I think about Brett Favre wearing a a Packer jersey, right? Mm -hmm. But his best single season was with the Vikings at age 40. Or here's another one, and I know that you've always been big on Drew Brees for many, many years. Drew Brees, if you start at the age of 37 for him, he's had four consecutive years with a completion percentage over 70. Uh, He set the all-time record, and then he broke his own record twice after that. Um, He's had five consecutive years with a quarterback rating over 100, with a career-best quarterback rating last year at the age of 40 at 116. Um, So you look at the ages there. uh, Once again, 8 to 10 uh, good years are easily ahead for Russell Wilson. And here's the other reason why I don't have a problem having him here at age 31, or even a couple guys that he may be a little older. We'll cover that later on is that we don't put high value on keeping a quarterback in dynasty leagues. Now we've done some videos, broke down the metrics and why we say that, uh, we're not saying you, you shouldn't have good quarterbacks. In fact, you can't win a league if you're really deficient in one position, um, but we don't put a high value on keeping dynasty quarterbacks unless you're in a league that has position requirements. So he might not be as young as some other players out there, uh, but simply put, here's what I would say. Sometimes we look so far ahead, um, we look you know eight to 10 years ahead, but don't forget about the here and now, the next three to four years. Okay, don't be worried about, you know, 2026, 20, uh, when for the next, you know, four or five years or three, four years, you could have a really good player. Now, what do the numbers say about his play? Okay, well, his numbers, uh, he's gotten better, the longer he's been in the league. For the last five seasons, he had over 30 touchdown passes. Five times in his career, he's had a quarterback rating over 100 for the season. His career quarterback rating is 101.2. That's second all time to Aaron Rodgers then an added bonus that he has, uh, he's a guy that came in the league, he ran a lot, but now I think more of those legs goes back to what you said. He's a guy that uses a leg, not necessarily to run, he can run, but he's primarily a pocket passer. Uh, but he's definitely athletic and he buys time. And he does have 19 career rushing touchdowns. Now here's another one that matters. If I look at a quarterback's value, he's got to have a good surrounding cast. He doesn't have good weapons like you talked about there, Tyree Kill and you know Travis Kelsey. Well, here's who he's got. He's got DK Metcalf, who is a young stud. He's going to be a perennial all-pro. And their chemistry got stronger and stronger as the year went on. You Neil know, Katara Lockett had 1,000 yards last year, and, uh, and yet he was dealing with some injuries that kind of hindered him. Um, but he's a great compliment to Metcalf. Looks like you have something to say about Metcalf there.
0: No, I, I completely agree. Metcalf is one of the best young wide receivers, and you get a perfect balance of you know what? You hate to have you hate to have six slot receivers and six wide receivers on a team. You need a balance, and that's a perfect balance. You've got this every play move the chains, DK Metcalf. Uh, but I like Lockett outside. He's the big playmaker. He's going to stretch the field and it keeps defenses honest. It's it's kind of a perfect chemistry there. It really is.
1: Yeah, it really is. And this offseason they went on. They added Philip Dorsett. Now, I'd say to filter, that's not a, a great wide receiver, but as a wide receiver three, um, that I think it's a very solid option. Mm-hmm. If you're depending on him, last year there's a couple times where I know that the uh, Patriots were really hurting a wide receiver. He's not going to be that stud go-to guy, but as a number three option, I think that's very solid. Look at Russell Wilson. He's been using tight ends very effectively the um, last couple years. He's been leaning on them heavily. Now they added Greg Olson. Now he's 35, but Greg Olson's got a solid year ahead of him, and they got Will Disley and some other tight ends there. So I like the weapons he has around them. In the last three years, you've found this stat, um, he's averaging fourth fantasy
0: um finishes right mm-hmm. now, what's that stat you kind of broke down a little bit there yeah so over the last three years he is on average finishing as the fourth best fantasy quarterback i believe one year he finished first one year was third and i believe one year was ninth bit of an off year for him but also that year their offensive line was pretty horrible they have since fixed their offensive line issues and he's just been great there's no arguing
1: it. yeah you said he give uh, that offensive lag game of 51 sacks that year according to your research there He's everything that you want in a player. He's athletic, he's talented, he's intelligent, hardworking, he's got great character. Besides Pat Mahomes, he's the safest quarterback pick that carries the least amount of risk. In fact, he hasn't missed a game in eight years. I love Russell Wilson. Don't get so caught up in that uh, new and improved, the new guys coming league, that you
0: overlook a guy like Russell who is a, is, a, is a great quarterback out there. I love that. Russell Wilson hasn't missed a game in eight years. That's impressive at any position at all in any sport. And for a lot of guys, like we're going to talk about Carson Wentz soon, a lot of people stay away from Carson Wentz because, you know, fantasy value is great, but it only matters when he's on the field. There's no concern with Russell Wilson on that. And I just thought that was a really interesting stat. Like, never been hurt. That Especially for a guy who had, would you say, 19 rushing touchdowns in his career is, is really impressive. But let's move on to our next guy. I think Carson might be next, actually. He is, yeah. Let's get to him.
1: So, Carson Wentz, I know some of you might uh, struggle with this pick here, but bear with us for a moment, okay? I think that we live in a society where we have very short memories. Mm-hmm. The grass is always green on the other side. We are a throwaway society. You get a brand new iPhone, you know what you can't wait is for the next iPhone to come out, right? And I think it's true when it comes to football. We always want the next best thing. But for every breakout quarterback like Lamar Jackson broke out last year, how many people got burned by Baker Mayfield and other young quarterbacks? And I think we forget so quickly what this guy's done. He's a former first-round pick, second overall. Okay, people forget this guy was really hyped for a while. In 2017, during his sophomore year, um, before he tore his ACL, he was hands down the front runner for MVP. It wasn't even close, he was just dominating. The Eagles had a 10-2 record, they were dominating. In his last nine games before he got injured, he was second in the NFL with a 107 QB rating behind um Watson. During that stretch, okay, during that nine game stretch there, he had 27 touchdown passes, only five picks. He was on pace for 48 touchdown passes there. Um, and he's really like the stud in the talk of the NFL. Like everything was Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. Everybody loved the guy, right? Um, now, if you look at uh, two of the four years he's been in the league, he's had a quarterback ran over 100. In year two, he had 33 touchdown passes in only 13 games. It's only in 13 games, so he's well um, getting into the 40s with that, most likely at, at that uh, statistical average that he was showing. But here's why I love this guy. I could get into year two and what he did and how he forgot and how he was on pace for MVP. But I think probably his best performance was last year. I think last year he had a gutsy performance, and we don't give him enough credit in what he did. It reminds us really how high this guy's ceiling is and how talented he is. He was very impressive last year, and I'll break that down. You have to consider what he had to deal with. Okay, they had a ton of injuries on offense. They were down to their fifth wide receiver. They were calling a practice squad players at some point. They had no weapons at wide receiver. Injuries to Jeffrey and some other guys left him, okay, uh, if you can't remember last year, left him with Greg Ward being his number one wide receiver. An undrafted practice squad player becomes his number one go-to guy. Uh, their best running back was a rookie who had a very good year, but he's still a rookie, right? And there's mm-hmm. the growing pains of being a rookie. And yet that didn't slow him down at all. Last year, I had 27 touchdown passes. That was fifth among quarterbacks. And he quietly finished ninth among quarterbacks in fantasy points. Did you know that? Ninth and fifth. Once again, those are, those are some really impressive numbers. And as the year went on he actually got better and better the more obstacles came his way the better he got um weeks 13 through 17 as the eagles were making that push for the playoffs um he was great uh, three times he had over 300 passing yards during those five weeks he accumulated 10 touchdown passes to only one interception now we talked about surrounding cast uh it's important there um i think he needs to develop some wide receivers i think there's still a little hurt in there will jeffrey be back then but he has hands down the best tight end combo combo in the league. It's not even close, in my estimation. I don't know where you line land with that, but I personally love their tight end combination. And we've been saying it for a couple of years, but Dallas Godard, okay, would be a top five tight end if he was on any other team. Right now, Zachary really takes away his value. But that situation is becoming a lot. i almost afraid to say this, but those two guys remind me of uh, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Hopefully one of them's not a murderer. But uh, uh, anyways, those were two great tight ends, and I think it's very similar here. Either one of those guys can be amazing. Now you got to line them both up. What a nightmare for linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to pair that up. Uh, So he's got good weapons. He's got Ertz and Jeffries when he does make it back. Godard. They drafted rookie wide receiver. Um, I always mess up his name there.
0: Uh, Jalen Rhaegor or whatever. It's one of those things. We don't know how to pronounce it, but we also don't care. Rhaegor. We know we're going to say it wrong. We know we're going to get a lot of feedback from you
1: guys. And He's got Miles Sanders, who... You know, had 50 catches last year as a a rookie running back and you found out that was 10th most all time by a running back
0: Mm -hmm. by a rookie running back 50 catches coming in 10th most that's i mean the guys above him are like barkley they're christian mccaffrey there's some really stud rookie running backs to even be in that category is impressive and on top of that, people forget he played up banged up last year. And I actually think he missed a game. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because 10th best, 50 catches, that adds a lot to Carson Wentz's value to have that weapon in the backfield. A weapon that in previous years he didn't really have. And
1: then today uh, I read a report that uh, there's rumors going around that Devontae Freeman wants to sign with Phil D'Alfiel. He said, if I don't sign with them, I'm going to retire. Um, if he does sign there he's another back that's very good in passing situations Devonte freeman you know he's not a guy that's uh really big and physical but you get him out in space he's very dangerous now now i think it's important to remember that tom brady as good as he's been in his career right it took him till his eighth season okay his eighth season before he broke over 30 touchdown passes and he was age 30 when he did that you know, look at carson wentz only 27 right now um Now, the question I think that might be on a few people's minds is, what about the fact they draft a quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Uh, Is he he their future quarterback? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. I think what he's going to be is what I would call a specially packaged performer, very much like uh, the Saints' Tyson Hill. Mm -hmm. I think you could see that there. Wentz will not be a backup. Even if Hurts does develop well, Wentz will be starting somewhere else. Mark my word. Um, They didn't bring him in, so I wouldn't worry about that at all. Plus... Um, at least for one year, you, you know, it takes a while for quarterbacks development. Like, you look at Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, it was year two for those guys. So I love Carson Wentz. I think he's very underrated. He's been in a lot of difficult circumstances. He's had to overcome injuries. And yet, in spite of it all, still putting up very good numbers. When everything falls into place and he's healthy and that team is healthy, I think he's going to remind everybody why he was a uh, first-round, second-overall pick.
0: Yeah, well... The draft pick thing for me is really deceiving. Uh, ultimately, they like to have a good backup quarterback. I mean, they saw what happened when they were able to win with Nick Foles. I think they realized just having some depth is important, and that really was like just the that was the entire theme of this year's draft because the Packers drafted a backup quarterback. They didn't need someone to replace Rodgers. They didn't. But also, that wasn't just at the quarterback position or at the Packers or the Eagles. It was everywhere. The Ravens set the record for the most team rushing yards by a team ever, and they drafted a running back in the second round. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on with that, but a lot of teams, just like in this draft, felt like they needed to draft backups at positions. Um, It's not a concern for me whatsoever. All right. Well, let's get to our next guy. I think some of you are going to hate what I have to say, but bear with me.
1: Lamar Jackson, right? League MVP, stud had a shockingly great season so why is he not higher uh you can't ignore those numbers and his athleticism is off the charts watching Mm -hmm. him play it looks like a a picture game of flag football sometimes out there it's crazy men among boys um but for us here at ffp okay um if you follow our videos we've given metrics we broke it down we are not big on running quarterbacks we're not we're not Mm -hmm. saying there's not value there we're not taking away from what he did last year but one we think their window is smaller uh, injuries add up, and their track record is not good. If you look at, it. if you're being very honest, I know you might love this guy, but put the emotions aside and get into some of the objective realities. If you look at it; track record is not good for running quarterbacks. Now, before you get on the what I would call the Lamar Jackson, the running athletic quarterback hype train uh, that goes along with all that, I want you to consider these things: how many athletic quarterbacks have come into the league that were supposed to really like revolutionize the game? Uh, they had breakout years, they got hype, but defenses adjusted. adjusted. Uh, they started taking hits, injuries added up. And before you know it, um, that quarterback wasn't what we all thought he would be. Another thing that happens a lot, and I think we'll see it here too, is that teams get conservative. They're franchise quarterback. All of a sudden, you don't want to see them taking those big hits. So they start to change a little bit. And the game evolves to the fact that they want them in the pocket, passing more and running less, which is their bread and butter. And then what happens is they begin to show deficiencies in their passing game. Now, this is not college. You can't just be a great athlete. You have to develop into a great quarterback. Now, the first thing to go, if you if you like follow like a trajectory of athletes when they get older and what happens is that a speed and athleticism are like the first thing to go. And that's why pocket passers like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, who are not very athletic, right? Just watching those guys, uh, you know, watching them run or you look at some of those things. They're not that impressive there. But they can have long, successful careers, even though they may lose a step, lose some athleticism. It doesn't matter. Consider the fallout of players like Cam Newton. Has one great MVP season, but now injuries are adding up. And he's considerably bigger than Lamar Jackson. He's built more Mm -hmm. like a fullback. I think he comes in like 250, 265, they say. Some say those are even lower. He's actually even bigger than that. I think Lamar Jackson weighs in like 215, 220. So considerably smaller there. Think about Michael Vick or Robert, you know, RG3 when he came in the league. I could go on and on of how many guys came in. We got hyped up, but then it just didn't translate long term. And here's the other thing. I'm not saying no one have a good year, but defenses will adjust. They Mm -hmm. will make a This is the NFL. It's funny because I think it was two years ago that uh, there's that big game between the Rams and uh, the Chiefs. And it was a final score was like 53 to 50 or whatever it was. And uh, people said that's the way it's going to be. That's going to be normative in the NFL. But then last year, uh, defenses really started to step back up. And all of a sudden, defenses
0: were dominating again. Uh, another concern. Go ahead. Well, what I'm just going to say is the hype on Lamar Jackson is great. And I tell you what, if I were a coach... If I suddenly they said, hey, Christian, we need you for one game to put together a roster and to win a football game. I'd take Lamar number one. His athleticism, his talent, you got it. He's, he's phenomenal. But we have to look over the next three years. And for me, the biggest concern is he doesn't have the same weapons as a Pat Mahomes or a Russell Wilson. I mean that. Marquez Brown is a fair wide receiver too. But as your wide receiver one, he hasn't developed enough for me to trust him there. And they do have Mark Andrews at tight end, but they also lost Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst who, by the way, was on the field for 35% of offensive snaps. That's a really big piece to your offense to lose. And so my question is, you, and we've seen with every quarterback and every player in the NFL, you have a great season and teams adjust and your numbers regress a little bit. It happened with Pat Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady and Peyton. Every guy hit a peak and then they, they come down from that a little bit. You can't live in your peak forever. My question is, and my major concern is, when teams adjust to your play, how do you make up for that when you don't have great weapons as well. You know what I mean? That's my my kind of two things that are the biggest contributing factors for this. Neither of them are necessarily a knock on Lamar himself, because I know a lot of people are probably pretty frustrated at us right now, and you've probably already left a comment telling us we're dumb, and maybe we are, but uh, but I have to think that those two things are, are legitimate concerns. Yeah, we've had this before. Uh, we talked about some guys we
1: got into uh, that came in the league a couple years ago. We said about Cam Newton. We could go on and on, made these predictions, and people went off, but we'd say, you know what, um, before you jump to conclusion there we could on your emotions let's wait and see and if we're wrong well, we'll admit it but yeah i think time and time again we've shown that uh, we've been right in, in our estimation of this uh, another thing that i'm concerned about with him is that he benefited greatly from the red zone opportunities look at baltimore they led the NFL in red zone opportunities 41 percent of their drives 41 percent of their drives ended up in the red zone that is crazy high um to think about that um that's an extremely high mark j- just based on what i would call statistical probabilities and uh what I call an honest ceiling, okay? Mm-hmm. This is not Madden Reds or you know, Xbox or whatever. What do young people use nowadays? I'm an old guy, it's not Xbox. Yeah, it's you a, just
0: really dated yourself Xbox? as super
1: old. What do what they do now?
0: We play Atari? Atari. Just, <laughs> kidding.
1: just kidding. But you know, it's not a video game. Is. What I'm saying is that you know that's not realistic. Those numbers are going to go down, okay? If you look at his TD passes versus attempts, um, that efficiency was insane. That's gonna have to come back down to earth a little bit there. Now, um, we called regression of Pat Mahome after his big year, we were right. Same thing with Cam Newton, same thing with Matt Ryan. and I won't get into all the details, Matt Ryan, all those guys, but
0: every one we came on, we predicted a, re- a recession, and they had that. Um, so we, we expect that again. Well, one last point, at least for me, I don't know what else you have to say, is they've got a great defense. Mm-hmm. They started the year with some defensive concerns, so they went out and added a second cornerback, and the second half of the year, their defense was, again, one of the best. And just what are you going to sit in there and think? You've got a good defense. You've got a good running game. You've got a John Harbaugh has been consistently in the NFL for many years, a conservative coach. He's played less conservative now that Lamar's in, but you got to think they're going to play defense and run the ball like they have in the past. And that will always limit Lamar Jackson's value to some extent. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm going to say some very positive things with him in a, in a second here, but bear with me. Once again, the reason why I'm building in all these concerns, is just to bring down the hype a little bit, not saying he's not a good player, um, but he was also very inconsistent last year. Yeah, consistency is important. Versus Miami, the Jets, Houston, and the Rams, during those four games, he had 19 touchdown passes. But the other 11 games, okay, um, seven times, he either had zero or one touchdown pass, leaving 17 touchdowns in 11 games. Uh, That 11 games, you take that average out, that's about 25 touchdown passes per 16 games, which I think is a better representation what you're going to get from this guy, Mm -hmm. okay? I think he could throw for 25 easy. You add his legs onto that and what he'll do on the ground, yeah, very good quarterback there, but don't get caught up in what he had last year and expect that again um you look at uh, Cam Newton goes out one season has 35 touchdown passes but the other season he's averaged 21.7 touchdown passes per 16 game mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see the similarities between the two there now um he did have 30 touchdown passes but that flowed from play action that's what defense they were just they read the they led the running it wasn't just him I mean Ingram I mean they're running all over other teams and that play action set everything up okay it was set up by his legs um, but once teams begin to figure out not to take that away, you're not going to eliminate that. But if you can begin to bring down some of that running a little bit, it's going to take away play action. Um, he was not a tremendously accurate passer. Okay, and He wasn't very efficient in the pocket. Now, his overall ranking by pro football focus left him as the fifth quarterback. But that drops down to 23rd when he, when he was thrown from a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. So you think a clean pocket, this got to be beneficial, sit back there, not getting pressure. But he actually dropped quite a bit when he had to just sit back there, look down the field, make reads, so on. He struggled scanning the field and doing some of those things there and the titans exposed some deficiency in his game with that said okay i've said a bunch of negative things i'm sorry he's too young and he's too athletic to ignore okay i know i've talked him down that's not because i don't think he has value he does have value all we're simply saying is don't grab his number two overall quarterback okay and don't grab him too early in the draft buyer beware don't overpay for the guy now his legs did save him last year um i don't think he's going to become a great passer he might only average well let's say 25 touchdown passes per season um, with an additional seven, eight hundred yards rushing, you know, seventy-nine rushing touchdowns, you know, so for season twenty-five touchdown passes, you know, thirty-five hundred yard, pa- you know, thirty-five hundred passing yards. I'm all twisted here in my tongue. Forgive me. Um, if you look at that, that still makes him a very great fantasy pick. So for me, uh, when I look at where he's at, if I own Lamar Jackson right now, if I was you. Um, For me, it's easy to stream quarterbacks. There's always guys that you can pick up out there. His trade value is monster high right now. So if I owned him, what I would do is I would sell high. I would trade for a top wide receiver, um, maybe a top um, running back, get the most bang for my buck. Um, He's, I don't think, a great, I don't know what I call pocket passer. But he's by far the most athletic quarterback in the history of the NFL. What he did last year was unbelievable. And going back to what you said, you need uh, good position players around him. I don't think he's got top echelon players. But I do think that Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown give him a quality wide receivers out there and a tight end. Somebody that's going to help him quite a bit there.
0: Uh, you can love the guy. You can get the guy. Just don't reach for him. Trust us on that. Well, that's exactly the thing. Uh, you know what? I, if I'm thinking this is a dynasty video. What are we going to do in a dynasty league? You got way more trade value out of this guy. When there are a lot of quarterbacks... Uh, You you could go out there and you could plug and play every single week to be a starter for you. Um, You can't really do that running backs. I'd love to take Lamar and just go out and get a running back. Because you can go, I mean, people are low on Carson Wentz right now. You could go out and grab a Carson Wentz or grab another quarterback who's going to be fine for you and upgrade another position. And kind of hate that you stole that from me. I was waiting to say that. But you got to go with the trade value. Um, Sell high, as they say. So not this year, but last year, they look at the one fantasy player that was
1: on the most rosters of of owners owners that won a, uh, won their Super Bowl, or won their fantasy championship, whatever you want to call it, right? You know the one player is on the most rosters, Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Now some would argue, well, yeah, because he had 50 touchdown passes, but I don't think it's necessarily why. Yes, he had a great year, but his average draft position that year was ninth. That meant you got Pat Mahomes in the ninth round, but you also loaded up on other positions. Yeah, and that's and that's what we're talking about here. There's always going to be something that's going to creep into that top
0: 10, top 15 that you can use, but you got to line, you got to have good backs to win in the league. Plus, there's something weird to it. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm pretty sure NFL quarterbacks take steroids for between their first and second year because every quarterback, Lamar kind of sucked his first year. Then he was insane. Pat Mahomes was, he just was on the bench and then he was insane. Carson Wentz had just 16 touchdown passes to very next year he was on pace for like 48 or whatever it was that you said earlier. Like there's always going to be another quarterback to step up like that in their second or third year. So I would rather take a shot and try to find that next guy and get that, you know, that ADP, get that value for my pick. But uh, let's move on with, because I'm pretty sure we've been talking on this guy for like two hours now. Well, I know, I just did, because I know that no matter how much we put out there, people are going to hate that
1: pick. But uh, yeah, we're going to, it doesn't matter anyways. Let's move on.
0: So now we gotta talk about Deshaun Watson, another pick that I think some people are going to hate. The reason I think some people are gonna hate this is I think that a lot of people think he is too high. I think a lot of people dynasty wise would rank him lower than we have him ranked right now. The loss of DeAndre Hopkins is no doubt a major loss to Deshaun Watson's fantasy value and that kind of sucks. But you do have to remember a few things. One, he has been absolutely dominant over the last few years, and even with the loss of a stud wide receiver, they did replace him with uh, Brandon Cooks, and I think they've got some weapons there. It's not that they don't have talent. Years in the past, the issue was never talent. It was health for some of those wide receivers and players on that roster. But we also have to project not just 2020, but 2021 and 22 over the next couple of years, what are things going to look like? And for me, Deshaun Watson still has huge fantasy value and it goes kind of the opposite of Lamar. This is a buy low situation for me. I could pick him up and keep him for a very low value and not have to give up a whole lot to trade for him or anything like that. But over the last two years he has finished fifth and fourth in fantasy points among quarterbacks so he has been elite up there with some of these guys we've been talking about and of course he's done it he's had 14 rushing touchdowns over the last two years and he's actually combined for 70 touchdowns over the last two years so you're getting basically 35 touchdowns a year that's right up there with some of the other most talented guys on this list He's also got the third highest adjusted completion percentage last year among quarterbacks, um, among qualifying quarterbacks, I should state. So that's great to see. I think adjusted completion percentage is an awesome reminder of, hey, when your receiver doesn't drop the ball, you don't have anything kind of messed up go there. It's purely a measure- measurement of how accurate your quarterback is. He is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. This guy's like Superman. He just, he's been doing everything for that offense and. Um, The fantasy value has been there. So, yes, he's going to lose some value in DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think he plummets to quarterback number 20 or 15. I still think he is a a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year. But what I like is the future, right? What are they going to have a couple of years from now? What are things going to look like? He has been too elite in his performance and his dominance to just simply ignore it. Um, Again, it's all about talent. What are things going to look like for them? They did go out there and add David Johnson. I do like that because, quite honestly, the Duke Johnson-Carlos Hyde combination they had last year was far from great. And I think that getting a running back like David Johnson in the passing game could be very beneficial to them. And while Brandon Cooks is no DeAndre Hopkins, looking at Brandon Cooks to go alongside Will Fuller if both those guys are healthy, that's actually a good receiving core. And then don't forget, they have Darren Fels. He had seven receiving touchdowns last year. That was third best amongst tight ends. I'm not saying Darren Fells is Travis Kelsey, but yeah, I definitely think he's a little bit of an underrated tight end that adds to that receiving core just a little bit. So yeah, he's coming in at this list, and I do think we go by tiers for keepers. I would put him not in the number one tier for me. Our last pick, Lamar, boom, all those guys on up, that's a tier one fantasy dynasty quarterbacks. He comes in at tier two right now, at least in my book. I don't know about you. We haven't talked too much about tiers for this, but just simply because he doesn't have everything figured out right now, and Bill O'Brien kind of scares me a little bit, but he's been too dominant not to put here. How do you feel about that, Rob? Would you agree with that statement that he's just been too good? Yeah, you know, he's on the – oh, this guy I love. I love
1: uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, to me, he's a human highlight highlight reel. You talk about in the pocket, uh, the ability to buy time. Obviously, he can go out and he can run and gain yards, but I don't know how many times I've seen him wear Seems like this guy's going to get tackled sack going down somehow some way uh he finds a way to, to find open space i mean i love watching this guy play he's he's been unbelievable i think he's very underrated i love him up here and uh once again um i certainly wouldn't have a problem in a dynasty video if somebody said tier one um, I do think he probably needs a little bit better weapons around him to mm-hmm. to secure that position. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I think it's a better
0: argument to kind of drop him down to tier two for dynasty anyways, quarterbacks. But I love the guy. But he's still good. Yeah. And it's the opposite of Lamar Jackson. You can mm-hmm. buy low on this guy and you don't have to give up a lot for him. So that is really nice. I know a lot of leagues are really strange in the way they work. People always say, should I keep this guy if it's going to cost me a, a, a first-round pick or whatever? I know some leagues make you give up draft picks to keep specific players. I imagine if you're in one of those leagues, you're not giving up a super early draft pick for Deshaun Watson. And that's always nice because that's becoming increasingly common. It seems like only almost every comment I get about who should I keep involves that sort of, do I keep this guy for this pick or this guy for that pick? But... Um, Let's move on with our next guy i love deshaun watson there's simply no arguing how insanely talented he is and that's why he's got to go here on this list
1: so look at the cardinals there uh so cardinals have a brand new head coach they got a rookie quarterback and i think all things considered right i think they fared well i wouldn't say it was a great year but i think overall it was a it was a decent year for both the, the coach and the quarterback like at kyler murray was taken first overall and he counted for 24 touchdowns last year uh, i would say that's solid for a rookie not great but definitely solid um, he has everything skill-wise, okay, um, to be a stud. He really does. But he does play in a position that we've mentioned many times that there's a very sharp learning curve there for quarterbacks. Um, now, when you consider though, look, for example, we talked about Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, who year two had the breakout year. Now, we're not going to say he's going to go from year one, year two, and next year he's going to win the MVP. But I think he easily can become a top 15 quarterback. But when I look at him, here's the thing. Um, his ceiling is much, much higher than almost every other quarterback in the league as far as first overall pick, his talent, and what he could do. Um, so what's to love why do we think he's gonna take that next step and evolve and get better and become a guy that week in a week out you could play and use and keep put up good numbers well I think uh, every every good quarterback uh, needs or it certainly helps if you can have a, a stud wide receiver you need to have good weapons around you unfortunately Larry Fitzgerald who I love by the way um, he's old he's getting old as far as a football player goes and his best years are far behind him but lo and behold the Cardinals front office take advantage of Bill O'Brien in a trade that in my estimation was criminal just, I, I don't. If I was a Texans fan, I would be very disappointed if I was you guys out there. Uh, can you say DeAndre Hopkins? That's why I have a ton of confidence in Kyler Murray this year. DeAndre Hopkins changes everything for me. That is enough to spark what I would call a tremendous amount of optimism in what he's gonna do then you add Larry Fitzgerald who yeah he's older as a number one guy he's not going to cut it but as a number two guy with good hands I think he's great there and then you add what I believe is an underrated Christian Kirk I like him and to me uh those three guys are great weapons around there I love those weapons and then here's the thing you add Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake has great hands he's great on the backfield catching the ball in fact a couple years ago he led all backs and catch percentage uh and he's dangerous out in space in the passing game in fact uh Drake finally did what we've been saying for years we thought he could do. We kept giving metrics. or are saying, man, these coaches are not giving him enough touches. Uh, and then they finally got a coach that's using him properly, and we saw what he could do there. It uh, makes me think of back when Aaron Jones came in the league. Remember when Aaron Jones came in the league? Everybody was hyped up on Jamal Williams, and we said, no, no, it's not. Your guy to go with is Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. Everybody hated us. Well, looking back, boom, there you go. Um, you look at uh, Kyler Murray had a, a, what I call a solid rookie campaign. Um, now, he's ranking higher in this because this is a Dynasty video. And he's young and he's talented. He's a former first-round pick. But when I do my redraft rankings, um, he's going to definitely be lower, of
0: course. But I, I do like the guy in Dynasty. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The one thing you didn't mention that could def- definitely benefit him is that defense is kind of bad right now. In fact, they're going, uh, kind of doing a major overhaul this offseason to fix that defense. They really have one player on that defense that was performing. That was Chandler Jones, who actually had 19 sacks last year. Quietly had a really dominant year, but the rest of that defense was kind of a mess. That could certainly help his fantasy value over the next few years is if they continue to have a bad defense like they had last year, which was a major issue for them.
1: Yeah, you look at how many quarterbacks out there. We're not talking about great quarterbacks. We're talking about efficiency. But half the battle is is find a quarterback that, like you said, has a bad defense. You look at uh, Jameis Winston. Um, you look at another guy out there. Blake Bortles a couple years ago had over 30 touchdown passes because they're always playing catch-up. Garbage time stats,
0: doesn't matter. It all counts the same. Yep. Yeah. So now we got to talk about Daniel Jones, who could easily, in a couple of years from now, be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, especially fantasy-wise. He had a phenomenal rookie season, and a lot of people uh, don't even believe that. I I think a lot of people looking back like, oh, his rookie season was all right. He had some big games, but he had some bad games. Uh, But a lot of people don't realize his 24 passing touchdowns, which was more than Kyler Murray, by the way, not to necessarily compare the two too much, but that was the third most passing touchdowns by a rookie quarterback ever. What's most impressive about that is he had just 12 games starting, which means he was on pace for 32 touchdown passes as a rookie. He had some absolutely monster games. He had 245 fantasy points. That means he was on pace for 327 fantasy points and would have finished as the sixth fantasy quarterback last year. So yes, he had a very dominant game or a very dominant season and it came off the backs of some really dominant games in particular. We saw some really highs and some really low lows there from him. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, when you have three of your 12 games, so 25% of your games, you're going over 300 yards and having at least four touchdown passes. There's really no arguing. The ceiling for him is extremely high, and the ceiling is high because he's got good weapons. Darius Slayton last year was a pleasant surprise for any Giants fans to see. They had a really kind of a sneaky young stud wide receiver. And then they have a, a Shepherd who without injuries, I think, uh, Sterling Shepard would be one of the best receivers in the NFL. It's one of those top 15, top 20 wideouts. But injuries have held him back. And you've got Ingram and Golden Tate and Barkley. Not the best receiving core in the NFL, but it's a deep core of weapons to throw the ball to. And that helps him out quite a bit. In fact, Slayton had three games with two touchdowns apiece. So yeah, big upside from some of those guys. But what I like most is they went out and drafted the first... uh, They were the first team to go out and take an offensive lineman in this draft. They draft Andrew Thomas. Um, with, I believe, the fifth overall pick. And that's going to be a huge boost to giving some extra blocking there um, on their offensive tackle position and just getting them some more time. That offensive line was bad last year um, and just giving some help there. As, as obvious as it sounds, it's just going to stop defenses from being able to hit him. He's going to have more time to throw the ball. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward concept, but it could have huge ramifications. I remember just a few years back when the Colts took Quinton Nelson, and in just one year, their defense went from one of the worst towards one of the best. And now last year, the Colts had the second best pass-blocking offensive lines, or I believe run-blocking offensive lines. But you can see just how big of an improvement that can make. And Finally, ultimately, their defense is still quite a bit of a mess. I think he is a great situation right now. And if he develops off of last year, he could have a huge season next year, though. We'll see kind of how things continue for him. But Daniel Jones is a guy for me, high ceiling, uh, really low floor. I'm not going to take him too highly, but I'd be fine waiting on him in a draft and just taking my shot on him. And Worst thing that happens is he's a stream quarterback with huge upside.
1: Yeah, you know, I like uh, Daniel Jones. I, I like the situation he's in there. One of the biggest reasons why I love where he's at is, is Saquon Barkley. Got a little bit of man crush on Saquon Barkley there. Uh, he's going to keep defenses honest. That play action is going to become tremendous. Took a step back last year, but I think a lot of those defenses focused on him that troubles with the offensive line. You name it. If I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm facing the Giants last year with Daniel Jones starting, you know what I'm going to do? Load the box, try to shut down Saquon Barkley. Obviously there. Um, so I love. I think he's got everything that he needs around him to be successful. So. So Dak Prescott, we're going to look at Dak Prescott. He had 30 touchdown passes last year, um, first time he's hit that number. But I think he's shown many times in the past he has the makings to be a, a stud quarterback. A lot of people forget that back in 2016, he was Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. that year. And right now, currently, he is fifth all-time in, in NFL history with his quarterback rating. Fifth all-time. You know who he's tied with, anybody? you probably see my notes there. But he tied fifth all-time with Tom Brady. He's a um, pretty good guy to be tied with in anything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's still only 26 years old. Now, we talked about the, you know, the maturing process for a quarterback is a lot slower than other positions. We talked about earlier how many quarterbacks um, don't really hit their strides after the age of 30. I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow, and I like that about him and where he's at. Now, some would say, well, uh, back in season two, he had a major drop-off that was disappointing, but that was really a tale of two seasons there. He started hot that year, actually, if you bring the break it down. In 2017, in the first six games, he had 13 touchdown passes, only four interceptions. He was actually on pace for 35 touchdown passes that year. Well, what changed? Well, here's what changed. Ezekiel Elliott um, was suspended. And that changed everything because the bread and butter of that offense was play action. Zeke's not there, play action's not there. Then the offensive line was banged up, and I think there's a domino effect. Uh, they didn't have a lot of weapons, you name it. But uh, uh, that's changed. They're, you know, they're, they're getting healthy. Are well, they brought some good weapons in there. And talking about good weapons, we've talked often today about how you need that. He's got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup there, um, and some of his running backs that are above average in a passing game. And a nice bonus to his, uh, like I said, I think he's a, he's a good quarterback, but he's got 21 rushing touchdowns of four seasons. In fact, the first three he had six uh, each year, so he's a guy that's going to give you a nice bonus there as far as rushing touchdowns. And last year, as his game took that next step or that next level, he had 306 passing yards per game, just missing out on 5,000 for the year. Uh, and that trend is apparent. I, I think the year before when um, Amari Cooper arrived there and got traded there, that's when things begin to change. So that number, I think, is going to be consistent. um You could easily see him uh, staying uh, 280 to 300 all the time. I like uh, Dak Prescott. What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys?
0: I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I do like Dak Prescott. Well, you know, the. The one piece that comes in that wasn't there last year, Mike McCarthy. That's interesting because he could be bad for the organization and still good for Dak Prescott. I think there's a lot of complaints the Packers had with he didn't develop the defense enough and he misused his running backs. None of that is going to affect Dak Prescott. None of that concern. The one thing Mike McCarthy is known for doing well is getting Aaron Rodgers some stats. So maybe he'll do the same thing for Dak Prescott. I certainly think that'll help him. Though, again, maybe it won't help the Cowboys organization as a whole. So let's talk about Josh Allen. I'm not the biggest fan of Josh Allen. I think some people are really huge on him. I'm not quite as big on him, but there is a lot to like about him in fantasy, um, especially right now. Not only did he make huge strides forward from his first year to his second year, he doubled his touchdowns and yet had three less interceptions and his quarterback rating was better by over 18 points. So massive improvements there good for Josh Allen that's nice to see that development we'll see how that continues
1: yeah you know I I uh, know you don't have your limited time but you look at his uh, quarterback rating that went up you take away the games against New England Patriots with New England Patriots defense last year was amazing their their pass defense was um spectacular that quarterback rating I think was up you know probably 25 26 points um honestly but
0: Absolutely. But you tack on top of all of that, 17 rushing touchdowns in just his first two years, that's huge. Now, again, we're not big on mobile quarterbacks, and I don't expect him to continue having eight or nine rushing touchdowns every year, but you can tell this clearly his style, and as long as he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, you're going to get two or four at least. And that helps. Two or four touchdowns in the running game at least is nice. Gets you a little bonus. Gets you a little boost. That's going to help out if he misses a passing touchdown or two from week to week. So while I, you know, I don't think that that's going to help keep him up there with the Pat Mahomes, Lamar's doesn't matter. This is still something that helps. Um, but what I like most about him, plain and simple, he has the best receiver he's ever had in Stefan Diggs, and he's got the best receiving core he's ever had um, with all three of those guys. He's add Diggs. Uh, Last year he had, over the last three years, Diggs has had over 3,000 yards and 25 touchdowns, uh, plus a quarterback rating of over 110. That's how good Diggs has been. In fact, he averaged over 5.1 yards after catch and had 18 yards per catch and finished 20th in fantasy points amongst wide receivers. Then he's got John Brown last year, went over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. He also, John Brown, by the way, which is the model of consistency and absolute safety blanket for Josh Allen, as he finished with these from week to week, he had the second most amount of top 36 finishes behind only Michael Thomas. 11 times he was a top 36 fantasy wideout. That's a really nice, dependable mark, and with 72 catches, he's a reliable PPR wideout to help give him some options to throw the ball to. Just for our every down safe kind of again just safety blanket a reliable receiver and then you add in number three Cole Beasley Cole Beasley was 34th in fantasy points amongst wide receivers he had over 775 yards and six TDs on over uh, 65 catches so ultimately that is one of the best three receiving uh, kind of trios or receiving trios in the NFL right now it's really deep there's a lot of great and dependable options and that's what I like most about him is he's a guy who's been developing his talents and his maturity and his playing but then boom you give him the best receiver he's ever had for me there's no arguing it this dual threat quarterback he's got a solid fantasy future in the NFL yeah I
1: like that uh you know maybe you're gonna talk about a bit maybe not but Devin Singletary
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: another nice weapon there you know like (laughs) He's a guy that uh, runs a lot, like you said. Um, he's actually a little bit bigger quarterback, so I think he takes some of that wear and tear. Um, the one thing I will give credit going back to Lamar Jackson, too, though, is he's not as big as some of these guys we've mentioned. I do think Josh Allen can take some of those hits. He's a pretty big guy there. But Lamar Jackson's so elusive, sometimes it's hard to put that big hit on him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not big on uh, running quarterbacks, but it's hard to ignore this guy. The first year, I just thought, ah, you know, I kind of just can ignore that. But game after game after game, he's continued to, to really open up. But uh, the biggest thing for me is I love the, how aggressive the Bills team were when they went after Stefan Diggs and uh, as a Vikings fan that hurts a little bit Uh, but he didn't want to be here and uh, there's nothing worse than keeping a player that doesn't want to be there and I think they got themselves a nice nice pick with him.
0: All right, so the 10th and final guy that we have to talk about is Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan at 35 years old seems a little bit too old to be on a Dynasty video, but I want to remind you all that Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all of those guys have had their best years late into their career. You just talked about it earlier with uh, Peyton having his 55 touchdown passes at 37 years old. And the reason Matt Ryan can still fit in this video is he's got great weapons, he's had great fantasy value, and he's still got two, three years left, right? He's still got a few solid years left. And um, it's just becoming common nowadays for NFL quarterbacks to last longer and longer. The rules have changed. Now you can't even sack a quarterback as hard as you used to. I mean, that's just... It's just what allowing these guys to last a little bit longer. And ultimately, the weapons are there, right? you got Julio Jones. You've got Calvin Ridley. And while you lose Austin Hooper, you gain Hayden Hurst. I think those are two somewhat comparable tight ends. I think Austin Hooper was quite honestly a little bit overrated last year. What you saw often with Hooper was that he's got great hands, but he wasn't doing a lot with it after the catch. He was a bit more of a safety blank. And I think a lot of Hooper's numbers were on volume and not necessarily just how stud of a tight end he was. So I wouldn't think it's unrealistic to see Hayden Hurst come in and have similar, though slightly less numbers. But again, you've still got Calvin Ridley, one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL. He's got 127 catches, 17 TDs, and a quarterback or a generated pass rating when targeted of 120.8. In his first two years in the NFL, he has been a touchdown machine and a very reliable wide receiver. And heck, you want to talk about reliable? I say we just change Julio Jones's name to Old Reliable because this guy's been insane. He's got eight seasons over a thousand yards. That's just unbelievable. I don't know how you manage that level of just um consistency in fact he has had 6 straight years with at least 1394 yards 6 straight years where he's practically getting you 1400 yards that's insane so yeah the weapons are there and then of course they go out and they add Todd Gurley what I like about adding Todd Gurley is Gurley has 165 catches 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns just in the air over the last 3 years Yes, there's some concerns about Todd Gurley's health, but if Todd Gurley can perform even a little bit, it's going to be in the passing game and it's going to help Matt Ryan out because their running game and their offensive line blocking, their offensive line pass blocking has been fine. They've got a little bit issues run blocking and their running game has been some concerns and their defense has some concerns, but ultimately this Falcons team has been just like a fantasy factory for Matt Ryan to put out huge games. Heck, he had like, what, six straight 300-yard passing games to start the season before getting hurt. He was on pace for just an absolutely phenomenal season. In my mind, there's really no arguing it. He is going to be, you know, the next couple of years, one of the best fantasy options question is, you know, just how many years is that going to be for? Probably only two or three, though. Like we said earlier in the video, don't waste your time projecting six years from now. Your fantasy roster, it d- doesn't even matter six years from now. If you're really good at fantasy, you'll find new talent and you replace guys as they retire. That's just the truth of it. Yeah, we mentioned uh, how important it is, uh, how, how your defense
1: um And so if you look at Matt Ryan, he's had some good years. He had one year there, though. He took a major fantasy regression. Mm -hmm. And it was tied specifically to the fact that the Atlanta defense made vast improvements. Mm -hmm. But then last year, they regressed again back to a bad defense. I know they had injuries, but that defense is not good. Um, Barring any unforeseen things, I don't think it's going to be a great defense. And I think that bodes uh, huge for Matt Ryan. So, uh, yeah, I like him, too.
0: And, and you know, three to five years, uh, that's still a lot of years left to Mm -hmm. have this guy. So. Well, I tell you what, if there are three things that make a good fantasy quarterback, it's good receivers, good offensive line, and a really crappy defense. <laughs> so um, I guess he's got it, right? But um, that's our final pick. Matt Ryan may not be the best pick, but again, by low, you don't have to kind of give up too much for him. And the fact of the matter is he's going to have good fantasy years, just like he's had over the last couple of years. So I do like Matt Ryan at this pick, but let me know if you guys disagree with these, any any of these picks. So we would love to hear your guys' picks. We'd love to hear how you agree and disagree with our thoughts. And uh, make sure to complain that this video is almost an hour long. Can't believe we talk this much football and we're that boring doing it. But uh, guys, we thank you so much for supporting us and uh, keeping up with our channel. As always, hit that subscribe button and like this video if you really want to support us. We do appreciate your support. You guys really are the best. So you guys just have a great day and God bless.